Welcome to the seventh episode of the Kendra Maya podcast. Today we have uh, with us Mahavrakayu, uh, who... Second I... time here, glad to be back. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, yeah, so both of us are uh, students at the Trilok Akara, which is an ancient 17,000-year-old Himalayan school of yoga uh, out of Nepal and India. And we are taught by Guru Pashup. So today's topic is going to be all about uh, how to recover and why to recover and what in fact is emotional trauma. Um, and how it can, how overcoming and recovering from it will help us reach our full potential. Yep. That's one topic that's baffling. Everyone deals with trauma, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about it. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about it. It's hard. Everyone faces it. So my first question to you is what exactly is emotional trauma? Could you please clarify that out? Because uh, that is one question that's on everyone's mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a really important question uh, to basically even have any discussion on emotional trauma. Um, and emotional trauma, um, according to Himalayan Yoga, how we have been studying it and how I've been studying it, is um, any memory from the past or the future that causes an emotional imbalance. So Mm. memories can be from the past and from the future. By future memories, I mean to say if you have anxiety about the future. Yeah. But most of us look at emotional trauma from the past and that's the kind of area that we will be covering today. But uh, of course, our past and our future are linked. So in that sense, whatever causes an emotional imbalance would basically be classified as emotional pain or emotional trauma. Yeah, and that kind of lodges itself in the subconscious so deeply that uh, if it's not addressed, it keeps coming back in different forms. It's like sweeping the team, uh, sweeping everything under the carpet. Mm-hmm. And once you kind of hold a band-aid over it, you feel a great sense of pain because you've been hiding away so many memories. So, and from yeah. what I've heard, um, and from what I've experienced personally as well, trauma. I mean, the the pain that you feel in your body, the bumps and the aches are emanating from memories and most of them are traumatic memories though unless you've been hit by like let's say a chair on the head as if it's not a physical pain i mean if it's if you've not been hit if you've not broken anything but you're still feeling pain discomfort uh, in your body that emanates from a past memory which has not been addressed and which is screaming for attention Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, emotional trauma is also, I think, correlated with the sense of uh, not just emotional pain, but also a sense of not feeling worthy. Yeah. So feeling unworthy and feeling unworthy of, like, if you just look at yourself in the mirror and if you feel unworthy because of whatever you look like or whatever yeah. your body looks like or how your body feels or how you feel, then it's also because of some sort of emotional trauma. It's an indicator. 
And what I've learned from uh, the Akata is the, also the fact that we carry trauma from previous births mm-hmm. and past births. Traumas from past births, if not, if they're not resolved, they're unresolved. They carry on to this next birth, mm-hmm. which is why some people have these uh, irrational fears. Right, right. Like, oh, I have a fear of peanut butter. What? <laughs> Probably the guy died eating peanut butter in a past life. He choked on it or something. Could yeah. be that. That's... But I don't know if um, a lot of people are not open to the uh, to the notion of there being uh, a past life or a future life or many lives. But since we are part of the, uh, the Gurukulam, we have learned about the existence of many lives. And what is your take on uh, the the traumas that we pass from one life to the other? Yeah, so um, there are definitely, uh, at least how yoga looks at it is we definitely have traumas that we carry from previous lives. And these are probably the deepest set in your psyche or in your mind and in your body. The deepest mm-hmm. are those that are coming from farther back. Yeah. And of course, the most recent ones are the most recent trauma that you've had. Yeah. Um, and yeah, these uh, these kind of traumas are also dealt with um, in by by in the same process as in the starting point is also becoming aware of them. Yeah. And then starting to uh, usually. So I, we will talk a little bit later how to actually start this uh, recovery from trauma, uh, but it involves potentially at some point getting a new teacher because we probably don't have the skills to remove trauma mm. from your past lives. Uh, yeah. So that's that's where uh, um, that's where a lot of uh, our teachings also come into place, and the importance of a guru or a teacher comes into into place. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's possible to remove it. Uh, although I would start with the more recent and the more kind of the traumas that you are aware of. That's yeah, basically. the ones that the ones we are aware of basically are the ones dictating our lives at some point in time. Yeah, because remember, like back in the day, um, I need to tell you a little story, a little background about it. Mm-hmm. I've also uh, written a document. Maybe I could share that with you eventually, and could kind of um, put it somewhere for people to read. But okay. when I was, uh, I was. I think, was six or seven years old and my mother had put me uh, had enrolled me in swimming lessons so i remember going to the pool for the first time it was okay that wasn't bad and at one point there um i decided to be a little maverick i went to the farthest end of the pool which is seven feet and i was barely like what three and a half feet back then maybe less (laughs) uh i ended up almost drowning Luckily, someone saw me and saved me. Mm. And ever since that, since that day, um, I developed a fear of swimming. And uh, it was only when I was 27. Uh, my girlfriend at that point in time, um, she had a swimming pool in her house. And that's when I started actively working on removing that trauma. Mm. And it was actually uh, our guru, the one who helped me through it and gave me not only therapy, he also gave me certain uh, remedies for removing all the trauma that was lost in my head. So for 21 years, I was um, 
the trauma kept piling on. Anytime mm-hmm. I would see a water body, I would just, just, I would just fuck off from there. Well, mm-hmm. so that's how fear builds up. If you don't address that, I mean, you know what they say, right? Face your fears and they're not fears anymore. Yeah. I think uh, that makes, uh, that does have a lot of impact. Just when you address the trauma, when you address whatever fear you're having, yeah. things get a lot better. Addressing it is the first point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then, but it takes some sort of courage to kind of turn back and say, okay, now it's time to look at the shit under the rug. That exactly. I've been there for so many years. Mm, yeah, that, that there needs to be some sort of event, I suppose, or some sort of realization in one's life that one, um, because this happened to me too. You know, I also turned around and said, okay, enough is enough. Now I need to face these things. And uh, it happened in 2020 when I was just graduating from my second year. I was in my second year of master. And mm-hmm. yeah, I. I realized I was in a pretty difficult situation uh, because I was learning a master in French and I didn't really speak French fluently. Oh, you learn, you're studying the masters in French stuff. I was, uh, I don't know, I, know. I, mean, I didn't sign up for this uh, in this kind of way, but I somehow ended up there and then I didn't have a choice but to finish it. Mm. Yeah. And then it was really... Allez-vous français? <laughs> Right, everyone does that, yeah. <laughs> including myself. It's one sentence. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I definitely didn't really learn French, although that would have helped me, but I was so master uh, that I was doing it was uh, pretty challenging. And eventually I had to, f- I mean, the way I was kind of, kind of, my attitude towards it was not sustaining, like it was not sustaining my lifestyle and I don't want to get into the details, but let's just say it was time to turn around and look back at um, some stuff from my childhood and etc. etc. Yeah, but that means yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but unless something like this happens, most people are not really motivated to start cleaning up uh, their emotional space. Um, that's why we are going to uh, maybe look at why actually somebody needs to even recover from trauma at all right yeah i mean that's yeah one of my major questions is uh how does what are what are the negative uh, effects on trauma i mean i'm not talking about the obvious ones like depression and pain but in terms of your life in terms of how you how, how you carry on with your life how much does trauma impact a person's uh, progress in life yeah it's yeah, so from an overall perspective, um, it's, let's just say I'm going through my day to day and uh, I uh, need to move into a new apartment. And so mm-hmm. I kind of find this new place, and there are certain people there who I talk to, and I realize that it's a great idea to move here. And so I do. Um, given my resources and everything, this is a, also a great idea. And I also like the people I'm moving with. But you know, some weeks happen, and then suddenly something happens in the house. Mm. That uh, I don't know. Let's just say, I don't know. Somebody baked a cake and left it in the kitchen uh, for somebody else's birthday, and one of the flatmates ate it. Right? Mm. 
uh, or took a piece out Damn of it that. without realizing. So, I mean, wow. Yeah, and, and these kind of things happen, and it's a small deal. Like, okay, somebody ate a piece of the cake. What's the matter? Yeah. But maybe, uh, maybe one of the flatmates actually had some sort of trauma related to somebody else eating their cake, or yeah, like their father or their grandpa nicking the piece of cake. Though my father used to do it with me food all the time. This is why I thought I would like. This is why I used to overeat, not knowing if my father was going to steal me food. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. So there's like there's a there's an what you basically want to convey is like there's an event which is connected to every tiny thing, like an irrational or rational fear, fear in any uh, like fear in different forms stem from a traumatic memory or an experience. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. So emotional triggers will abound in your environment, basically, to that specific trauma, and it's not that the event is a trigger it's 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 that you carry inside yourself this trigger which is nothing but the trauma so it's mm. like you're like a walking trigger and it's just oh, yeah, you just bump like, into your own self though like what you just bump into yourself yeah, bump into at you. all times <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that's so much yeah just are afraid of just kind of hurting yourself because you are constantly you're walking trigger basically every other thing might trigger you and you never know what would trigger you so basically one is afraid to do many things in life and that ends up uh, becoming a sort of restraint that okay i can't do this i can't do that and we kind of invisibly start to build these walls until we get so closed in that we don't even realize that then then we realize okay i'm not really happy and what am i doing why am i doing this and why am I not getting what I want? Why is the world such a bad place? Instead of instead of asking yourself, okay, what can I do? What do I want to do? And how yeah. do I like how do I actually do that? How do I start doing the things that I want to do and kind of so called fulfill my potential? Yeah. Because it really cuts back on the potential. I've seen so many great people who could have had so much success with YouTube channels just not do it because, oh, I'm scared of the camera. Oh, I don't want to be this. And then they're like, oh, look at this YouTuber. He's got a million subscribers. Yeah, because that fucking boy or girl, he they actually put in the effort mm-hmm. to make that video. They didn't just shy away because of fear. Because, I mean, let's be honest, I'm an actor and I started acting at the age of 31, which is quite late. I mean, 30, 31. And I'll be 32 this year. And the only reason why I prolonged it, why I was, uh, why I procrastinated so much with jumping into this, Mm -hmm. because of fear, I did have the courage to stand in front of an audience and talk, to, be in an audition room and read my lines out to, to the cast and directors. I had a lot of fear. And all of that fear was stemming from one event, one solitary event that happened during my childhood that I mispronounced the word in front of a class while I was reading some text and everyone was just laughing at me. So it became the laughing stock mm-hmm. ever since. I, I mean, and that event kind of... Uh, yeah, it, it affected me quite deeply. It put me in a 
put me in a sort of uh, cocoon from which I could never emerge. Yeah. It was only when I faced that fear was when I could uh, finally go and do my full filmy part. Yeah. So that was one of the events, though. Uh, so sometimes events give you so much trauma, yeah. abuse from parents or relatives or whatever. Mm-hmm. Physical verbal abuse gives you so much trauma. You can't do things. Mm-hmm. I mean, people have all sorts of fears, though. I mean, they have like 10,000 fears every day building up. But there's always going to be one event, one trigger point from your childhood or your past, which has led to this, to the branching out of your fears. Mm-hmm. So if you hold the if you grab the bull by the horns and you remove that one traumatic event from your life is when you actually resolve it. You can do endless things, you can go to endless therapies, you can take endless pills, you can do endless positive iterations, you can chant OM until the rest of your life. But if you can't sit down, face your fears and go through the events, no matter how painful, no matter how painful, because we've all dealt with horrible, harsh pain. No matter how painful it is, you need to go back and access those. And perhaps that is the closest way you can get to uh, addressing and healing from a trauma. Because you never really heal from a trauma. You just uproot it. It doesn't affect you anymore. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Uh, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, I think it's not so much about the word healing but actually uprooting it and like it doesn't it's just information it's not it's nothing else it's just information it happened that's it it doesn't affect you there is no kind of correlation in terms of emotion because emotions are nothing but energy and if you feel emotions towards that event then it's going to be a loss of energy somehow or the other usually it's it's obviously why would you want to lose energy to an event that happened in the past and Exactly. And it creates more anger, turns you into a miserable person. Like I remember being a miserable person. I was was a bloody miserable person. Just because I didn't have the the courage to deal with my traumas. And what a lot of people do is, let's say, for instance, uh, there's a puncture in the wheel. Mm -hmm. Your tire is punctured. So instead of pumping more air into the punctured tire, what, what we do is we change the tube or we fix, we patch that up. Yeah. Eliminate the root cause of the loss of energy. Indeed. And that's, yeah. That is one of the ways people should do it. And I think like from our, like from our understanding of trauma in a yogic sense, mm-hmm. addressing the trauma is the first step and uh, how you resolve trauma there's different techniques there's different tools but the one thing that that is common to trauma is if you change the gist of the story of the traumatic experience Mm -hmm. if you turn down the volume of that you're far better than what you were because you've changed the event in your head you can't go back and fix the memory. 
you can't time travel and fix that memory, but you can change the impact that it had on you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Guru really likes to use this Sanskrit sentence, right? Om Malam Malikam Prachalati. Yeah. <laughs> Which is shit happens immediately, move on. Yeah, exactly. Literally. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, exactly. This is this is what most people are not able to do, and and one of the reasons is because it's not just moving on, but you have to actually take with you the lesson, the learning that it brings you, and then yeah. move with that, and leave it the yeah. rest of it behind. Just go with the lesson, and that lesson is actually the rewiring of your own story about what does that event mean to you. Mm. Because that is what the story that we tell ourselves. Okay, this this event did this to me, and you can just rewire it. Once you start to see that this is a problem, then you can rewire it with you know the tools that are available. For in therapy, especially in yoga, we have a lot of tools because yoga is all about you know as you, as we both know, yoga is all about controlling, learning to um, control the mind, learning to use the mind in the most efficient and peaceful way possible yeah true that yeah. is so true which brings me to the next part and it's more of a i want to open up a discussion on this more than as opposed to just being a question and i'm speaking on behalf of so many people so many peers mm-hmm. and so many people i interact with on a daily basis um that sometimes the traumatic experience is just so horrible it's just so traumatizing that a lot of people don't want to access those memories. Let's say, I don't know, someone was like badly abused mm-hmm. in the past. And they don't want to access those memories. Which means the trauma keeps piling on. What do you think is a way that they could arrive at that point where they have the courage to to re-access that memory. Mm-hmm. Can there be a point, it can the, the, the process be made a bit simpler because the trauma, the magnitude of trauma is so much, people don't want to go back to it. Mm-hmm. But in that sense, they're cutting back from the recovery process. Right. Okay. Um, so, the usual process is to actually be honest first, mm-hmm. to have self-honesty and then to de- to then self-honesty and then clarity on what is causing the pain and experience mm-hmm. the pain and then again switch the pain off and then realize that that one needs to upgrade one's skills. So we will come to that in more detail. But if one does not have the, like the, 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 source, the strength to be honest because it's so painful, then I would say that we need some more subconscious like tools that work at a subconscious level uh, like maybe during sleep or some sort of uh, maybe some sort of subconscious connection that another person can build uh, where where the where the teacher or the guide kind of helps the person go through the event without yeah. in a very calm and relaxed way without triggering anything mm. in a really safe environment and there are tools to do this also like yeah. yeah, so what they need to do is uh, find someone who has the skills and the mastery 
over helping people. It could be a really great therapist. It could be a teacher. It could be a mentor. It could be, I don't know, Uncle Jim who lives down the lane. It could be anyone who's going to help you out with that process. Yeah. It's better to have a mentor who's uh, qualified enough to teach this. But uh, yeah, it, you need some support if you can't do it by yourself. But you'd have to do the cleansing. Someone can just hold the door for you. You're the one who's supposed to walk in pretty much. Yeah. So that's how um, I believe that is. And thank you so much for answering that question. I will, I will share this video and this piece of advice with me, peers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really realize that it's really important. It can't, it can't be done all by yourself. Even for yeah. those events that are not that traumatic, even for those events, for each person, their event is the most traumatic. Right, we can compare yeah. trauma saying that okay, this person this was abuse and it mm. was a lot of abuse, so it's really bad. But someone else thinks that their abuse is really bad as well. They think they are in the worst position they can be. Mm. So, in every situation, there has to be a separate individual who has been through this process and who knows what's what. And yeah, so that's true. the main qualification they need. They need to have done it for themselves and yeah. know how to guide someone. Because it's it's well, one cannot guide oneself out of one's own shit. Because a person yeah, outside the shit has a view of what is what does it mean to be outside this emotional shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Be, yeah. But yeah, there 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 are more sort of uh, subconscious level practices that are more they are they are possibly a bit softer and are not so honesty oriented. Maybe there are still an element of honesty involved. But it's uh, maybe a bit more uh, like let's say at a at a frequency at a mental frequency that it's not mm -hmm. so jarring to the conscious mind. Yeah, every single traumatic event doesn't come to the surface. Yeah, true. I mean, and that's I think the best way to go about it. Mm -hmm. But eventually, one has to feel the pain. Yeah. Like Which brings me back to Tyler Durden once again. What would Tyler Durden have done? <laughs> I know. Oh. So, uh, yeah, these are the questions I've, that I've had uh, about trauma. And uh, now I'm getting on to the part where you talk about skills. I would want to know more about uh, skills and how mm -hmm. that plays out when it comes to trauma. Yeah. So, yeah. So the first step is the honesty. However, you may achieve it in different ways. There are different ways to come to an honest understanding of what is causing you, like where are you in what, your life and basically becoming aware of your pain, which is then the second one. So now you're in pain. You're like, okay, I am so stupid that I couldn't see this before. This is, this is one of the main things that people, at least for me, I realized that I'm so stupid that I couldn't see this before. Now, I don't know, like... How did I like? I'm in pain because I'm like I don't know. I don't want this to happen to me again. So I'm in pain now. And then I finally realized, okay, what do I need to learn so that I this doesn't happen to me again, or that I'm I kind of stop experiencing this emotional um, pain. So yeah. I overcome this, and then I realize, okay, I need some new skills. Now, for example, a person who is, for example. Uh, like honest with themselves and they find out okay maybe i'm going to lose this friend because mm. of this and this reason then then one is in then, then one realizes that okay okay i'm going to lose this person as a friend let's say that person's name is i don't know 
Paul. I'm going to lose Paul as a friend. Uh, and I'm now in pain that, okay, I'm going to lose Paul as a friend. I don't know what to do. But then I look at my own skill set and I realize, okay, maybe I can just write him a letter or write him an email or write him a message or invite him to some sort of event where we can catch yeah. up. So then I feel that I have the capacity to uh, reconnect with this person. So mm. one thinks that one, maybe one does actually have the skill set. So in this case, one doesn't actually have to upgrade on skills because one knows what to do next. And then one meets Paul and one reconnects with one's friend and the emotional pain is gone. This is a very simple and sort of lighthearted example, of course. Um, but for some people, it's not lighthearted. Like it's kind of painful that one will lose a friend. Mm -hmm. right? um, but then in some situations, if this has gone on already for a few times, that you think you're going to lose a friend, you think you're going to lose a friend, every time you do some sort of thing within your capacity, but the situation repeats itself. And you've now again come to the situation where I'm in pain because I still haven't figured out how to reconnect with this person. And I, I was afraid of this also one year ago and now it's happening again. This means that you you haven't cultivated the skills to actually reconnect. And you have yeah. underestimated your skills in the previous attempt. So now you should also have the sort of realization that you probably need a teacher. You need to learn this from someone else. How do other people connect with others? How do mm. other people build relationships that last? And then how do other people build relationships that last and that are reliable and trustworthy and where they don't have to worry about losing a friend? Yeah. And so that means one has to find a teacher or one has to learn whatever. You can find a teacher online, on YouTube, True. Yeah. read a book or whatever. Ideally, it's a teacher yeah, sure. give you like, live. And it gives you constant feedback. And uh, yeah, um, it's always needed. So skills basically is uh, for anything in life needs skills. If you don't have them, you've got to lose the plot anyway. So start building skills, I guess. <laughs> That's all. And that's it. Then one learns that skill again. Now I know how to do this relationship in a better way. And then this whole process goes on. And at this, in this whole time, one has to appreciate, like, be humble and be um, honest. Exactly. right? And once one has upgraded one's skills, then one goes back and starts this process for another kind of emotional pain. So it, it kind of restarts for another type. Because now that same pain will never probably if you've learned it well it will never come back in your life exactly so the biggest takeaway is just don't shut pain out yeah just go through the pain because eventually you'd have to go through the pain if you want to overcome that pain and if you want to overcome that trauma you need to be receptive to the fact that the pain does exist and it needs your it needs your attention and then one can go forth to the teacher, try to skill upgrade, sort things out, learn the skills, and eventually just uproot and pluck it out. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a great way. Mm -hmm. So the pain itself doesn't have to last more than a day. No? Yeah, true. I mean, true. Pain doesn't have to last for more than a day, but it usually lingers on because we, one, we're caught like, it's like a deer caught in the headlights, though. We don't know what to do. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, 
for your answers. They were really eye-opening, though. We've got some pain in the back right now. I need to go and point out what's happened. <laughs> well, I'm sure you figure it out. Um, but thank you so much for being here and asking these great questions. I think they really summarize well and kind of connect to people's um, internal situations. Functions. <laughs> Functions, yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, and I'm looking forward to our next podcast together. Yeah. Whatever it might be on. Yeah. Let's uh, let's let's do that. Let's do this again. Um, yeah. Right. So thank you so much for listening, uh, everybody. Um, please uh, like, share, and comment. Um, and of course, a free way of supporting us is by just putting ratings on the Spotify and Apple Podcast app. That would be great. That would put us more on the map. Uh, if you like the con content, you're also uh, welcome to write to me at uh, Himalayan Holistic Healing at gmail.com just to have a chat. That's and if you want to connect with me, uh, my Instagram handle is Mahavukai, which will be posted on the link. And thank you so much. And until next time. Yes. Devalani. No, Devalani. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>